All right. Well, thank you for joining me once again on the Unbroken Ground. My name is Paul. Uh, this is uh, season two, episode eight, and the title will be some. And uh, really, it's uh, just going to be a um, kind of a dive into the journey uh, that I have been having with my other uh, adventure, my other production called Called Out, uh, just thinking about how different um, callings have been, um, a little bit about my own um, and just another, uh, not necessarily commercial, but another pitch for uh, why you should listen to that one as well as listen to this one. And, and also just think about what, what it means uh, to be a, a devoted follower of Jesus, what it means to be a disciple, all, all those type of things. Uh, so that's what, that's what uh, we're going to talk about today. Uh, again, if you have feedback or questions or uh, anything like that, you're more than welcome to uh, join up on the Facebook group, Facebook forward slash The Unbroken Ground, or uh, you can always email at theunbrokenground at gmail.com, um, or, or find me on Instagram, the, unbro- the, at the on the gram, uh, uh, on, at The Unbroken Ground, or uh, be real, I'm, I'm on there's The Unbroken Ground, um, and, and check out both this podcast, and again, uh, if you haven't yet, uh, check out my first two interviews with Jim and Travis on the Called Out podcast. Uh, you can search for those. They're, on, they're in two places. Uh, the Unbroken Ground is in many, 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 much more, many more places. But uh, Called Out is in two places. I'm, I'm testing out kind of the Spotify platform just as a different uh, approach to podcasting. Uh, and, and, and then that way I can give advice to maybe some future people who want to podcast. Uh, but it's on two places. It's on Spotify and it's on Apple Podcast, which you can get through through iTunes. So if you've got both of those are free, um, both of those, you can access those for free, depending on the device that you have. Um, but called out, uh, it's an unbroken ground production. Uh, that's that's also going on right now. So uh, yeah, we're going to jump into uh, some. So the title actually comes from Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. Uh, and I'm going to read that. Um, so um, you can look it up later if you're uh, driving or if you're maybe working out. I don't know what you might be doing listening to this podcast. Um, maybe not paying attention, just using this as noise uh, to get through the day. That's fine, too. But Ephesians 4, chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. I'm reading the New Revised Standard Version. Um, and this is what it says. It says, the gifts he gave... Uh, speaking about God, uh, to um, Paul is speaking about what the gifts that God gives the, his followers, those who are um, following Christ. It says, the gifts he gave that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to measure of the full stature of Christ. So um, one of the things that um, is has been so interesting as I've been doing these interviews, and I've only done two, but there's a couple more I've already kind of lined up and and uh, and looking to the looking ahead. Um, I'm super excited about is just because of all the differences in 
um, how people, uh, stories, how God has worked in our hearts, how God has, has worked in calling. Um, you know, briefly, because I've talked about this before, um, I uh, experienced a calling when I was at camp, uh, which is not unusual. A lot of, a lot of calls uh, to be uh, into the ministry, a lot of um, rededications, a lot of decisions for following Christ happen in a, in a camp setting. Uh, but, but I, uh, when I was, um, the summer after my eighth grade year and, and, uh, I was a wet young guy behind the ears, you know, just, um, just trying to figure out life a little bit, trying to figure out who I was and, and unsure about, um, what I believed and, and, uh, had, uh, had my season of, um, difficulties and doubts. And I uh, went to a camp, uh, my first ever summer camp experience, which again, I love summer camp. That's one of the places that I, uh, have connected with God so well. And so it's no, um, it's, it's uh, no surprise that summer camp has continued to play uh, a big role in my life, uh, throughout my, my, um, adulthood, uh, throughout my college and all that. But uh, eighth grade new in Colorado, New Mexico, um, the first time I'd ever gone to a summer camp, the first time I'd ever really, um, spent that much time away from my, my family, uh, you know, cause we, we drove, uh, and, and stayed there for four or five days and came back first time going to the mountains. Um, and for, um, you know, somebody who grew up in the middle of Texas, uh, which is where I grew up in hill country, which is beautiful. Uh, I'm not saying it's not beautiful, but it's not mountains. And so that was a, uh, an amazing thing as well, just to be, and, and even the mountains around Glorietta are the, just at the bottom of the range of the Rockies. Um, so they are not what you can see in Colorado, but still, um, there I am, uh, you know, in the midst of the mountains, uh, in the midst of this, um, experience, just being surrounded by uh, a schedule that's, that's, um, basically, you know, um, put together so that you can seek God and find God and, and, and all of your time is, is, um, focused on that. And, and then you have these awesome worship nights, uh, you know, and then that was back when, uh, you know, I could sing your lover, I could sing of your love forever, not sing of your lover, I could sing your love forever was the banger, um, was the big hit, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, Lord lift your name on high. Uh, that was the, uh, the thing that everybody was super excited about. You didn't get to, you, those were not things that you were, that I heard in my regular Sunday worship. And so, you know, just having those type of, um, songs and that kind of a song for, which I mean, it really did just kind of become a generational thing for us, but, um, just to have that experience. And then, um, you know, I got the chance to, uh, pray, um, in, uh, for the whole, um, camp, uh, they asked for somebody to kind of start the, uh, the worship service with a prayer. And, uh, my youth minister asked me and, and that was a, a definite seed planted for like, oh, maybe God's calling me out to do something, um, specific vocationally. Um, but that was just a seed. I, I hadn't really thought about it. I didn't plan it. I didn't know. Like it was just like, oh, maybe, maybe I consider that. Um, and then um, I think it was the last night. Usually is. Um, but Wednesday or Thursday night, you know, the next day we're gonna go home. Um, you have that that uh, moment of uh, 
worship service. And I can remember this distinct feeling. And I don't remember a whole things, a lot of things about my childhood. Um, this is no longer brief, but uh, if you've ever listened to my podcast, you know when I say brief, I don't really mean that. Um, so, uh, but it's briefer than it could be. Um, uh, <laughs> I hit my head a lot when I was a child. I uh, ran into a lot of things, uh, had a lot of bruises, had a lot of um, uh, running into walls. I, I don't know. Um, I don't. Um, I'm blind. Um, mostly, uh, I'm super far, I'm super nearsighted. So, um, maybe that has something to do with it. it throws my, my perception off probably. But, um, anyway, um, for whatever reason, my, my way my brain works, I just don't remember a whole lot of things about my childhood, but I do remember being in the, uh, the chapel at Glorieta, New Mexico at, at camp, at the encampment, being there and the invitation which happened every night, there was always a chance to respond. Um, and in, in the Baptist life, that's a super important time because that's when we're asking people to come to, to accept Jesus Christ, um, come to dedicate your life to ministry. Uh, we, we had a rededication. Um, and I remember sitting in the, uh, the pew, because we it was pews, it wasn't chairs, it was pews, and I remember sitting there and going, I got I to gotta go. I got to go up front. But I, I remember... Not knowing, I remember the urgent um, call in my heart uh, to go, but I don't. I rem- and and distinctly, I remember that I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say when I get there, um, because you know, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I'm I'm already I I got saved and I was baptized when I was eight. What what um why am I going? Why am I doing this? But I but I I went because I knew God was calling me to do that, and I was like. I, we'll figure it out when we get to the front. And we got to the front. Out of my mouth came, I want to rededicate my life, and I want to dedicate my life to serving God in vocational ministry in some some form, fashion. Um, and that was where I received my call. Uh, now, obviously, that's something that has been refined over the years, and I have. It's always been kind of the the true north for me like that like oh, i know i'm i'm headed towards vocational ministry and and that was always something that i did um you know for me uh and i already talked about this on other podcasts so uh, other episodes i don't want to belabor the point because i uh don't want to just continuously repeat myself but for me it was always something i was headed for regardless of where i was at there was a lot I, there's a lot of different um paths that i took to get to um, vocational ministry, and then I thought I we were I was headed in one direction, and God totally changed that and moved me to somewhere else. Even up to the point now where I'm I'm uh, what I would call adjacent ministry. Um, I'm not uh, I work at a Christian organization, but but it's not I'm not a pastor or minister or something like that. Vocational that we consider the traditional kind of callings, or even some of the, the as we go back to Ephesians, some of those those specific um, callings that get out. Um, but it was always, that was always my calling. And, and I knew it from basically that, that point, um, in my, uh, eighth grade, uh, summer after my eighth grade, before I became a freshman, I just knew that that's what, what God wanted in my life. Um, and so, um, through all the, all the ups and downs, all the, the, the twists and turns, um, I knew that that's, that's what I was supposed to do. Um, and so, um, it's been, it's been super interesting for me, um, to see, uh, how other people have felt called and the way that they 
kind of worked out their calling um, because it's been different. Like I, I've yet to talk to somebody so far who had that same kind of experience that that um, knew what they were going to do. They could pinpoint a specific moment. Um, both both talking to the two people I've talked to so far, it's been much more a gradual thing or just even just a something that they just kind of moved into, but didn't have not necessarily have that, that, that singular moment when they're like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And, and that was, that's been, that's been the truth for me. Um, but it doesn't have to be the truth for everybody. And so it's fun to, um, to talk with people who do feel vocationally called, but, but in a very different way, like they just have have arrived at that calling, have arrived at their obedience to, to Christ in a very different way. And that's awesome. Uh, I, I'm super excited uh, to continue that, that discussion with people um, because I think it's just, um, for me, it's just one of those things of all the different ways that God works um, in all and, and unique to each one of us, that he doesn't have just the, the one uh, method. He doesn't have just the one way. He doesn't have like, well, this is how people get called. And if you're, if you don't fit into that, if you don't respond to that, if you, if you miss that, then you miss out. So it's been, um, just a, it's been, it's been just so fun. Um, just to begin to, to can continue to think about that. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of been the, the major thing that I've, I've really learned, uh, just in doing this called out, um, is just thinking through that is that I, um, I mean, even, even just kind of subconsciously, I kind of felt like when I started, I had this assumption that other people would also have a moment when they're like, oh yeah, no, I, I felt called to the ministry here. Or, or they were like, yeah, I can remember the exact day or where I was or what happened. And, and that's not just, that's not the case for everybody. And that doesn't mean that those people, that their callings are less than mine or they're less unique, or they're just the way that God worked. And so Paul is, is, um, so Paul in Ephesians is writing to the church. Um, and, he is, he's writing because, um, well, the, always Paul's writing to churches because they're still trying to figure out life. And, and one of the things he gets into um, is that, that some people um, are going to be called out to have very specific roles in the church. Now, we have to, we have to realize that um, vocational ministry um, has definitely, um, shifted and changed and, um, it's different. It looks different now than, than anything in Paul's day. Um, it looks different now, um, and even than it did 200 years ago, even a hundred years ago, it continues to change. Um, and so we continue to, to seek God and be faithful to our callings. And I think that every church should continue to seek and make sure that they're doing um, uh, justice to the calling that God has for them and the people that they hire, if they're doing, you know, if they're hiring pastors or the people that they put in, in place like elders and things like that, uh, they need to be faithful to this idea that there are some that are gifted and that they have talents and they have a calling um, that uh, so maybe some are, maybe they don't seem as gifted or don't seem to have the gifts that they, we think they do, but they have the calling. Um, and then you find out that God, you know, specifically is like, as God does, um, that it's like, oh no, this is the person. Yeah. You thought you needed somebody with these type of calling, these kind of gifts. 
you made your list, uh, but you were wrong. <laughs> what you needed was this person. Uh, and, and as God moves and directs, um, it, it's there. And so, so Paul, Paul says that there are some people who will receive gifting so that they can be apostles, so they can be prophets, so they can be evangelists, so they can be pastors and teachers. There's some people that God's going to equip with uh, a heart, with talent, with ability, with experiences, and he's going to place those people, um, he's going to call those people into uh, what I believe is, is just vocational ministry, is that, that there are some who are just called to be vocationally in the ministry. Now, that may be a volunteer vocation. I don't want to discredit that. Like sometimes um, it may be part-time vocation. But there are people that, that their distinct calling is to be vocationally working in, in a church or with a church or for a church. Um, and, and that's just what, that's, the, that's the calling God has placed on their life. Um, but as a, just as a general rule, there are other callings that, that we have, that all Christians have, that I think that, um, that we should remember. Um, because the, um, the idea is that the reason that we have vocationally called people is to equip the saints. This is verse 12, again, from Ephesians 4, to, for the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ. So it's important here, I think, to really remember that those that are called to be apostles, um, uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and, and those are things that had specific offices in the, um, the, the early church, and those things have changed a little bit, and um, we call them different names, and we have different ideas for them in the modern church, and that's okay because um, it's the same thing. It's just we do things a little bit differently, and God is still being honored and, and, and served. And, and, but, but, the, but the reason he calls them is not just so that there'll be some that get to be have this kind of prestige of being a pastor or a minister or um, that they have some kind of closer connection with God as as uh, famously my mother-in-law uh, when I was getting uh, married to my wife uh, she was getting both her knees replaced and she says I want Paul to pray because he's got that closer connection because he's a minister or called to the ministry and it, and that's not the the reason it's it's actually that um, there are some called to equip the saints, the believers, to do ministry. And, and I think the thing to remember that if you're a follower of Christ, if you, if you are a believer, if you are a disciple, um, if you've said yes to Jesus, then, then you, are, you have a calling. Now, it, it, again, we have uh, in some ways elevated certain callings like pastors and youth pastors and worship leaders and... Um, missionaries to Africa and just missionaries in general. And that's nothing wrong. Like those are all great things. Like we should celebrate those and people call to those things because God, I believe does call the people for vocationally for people to do those things. And it's awesome and amazing that they do that. And God gifts and God guides and God, uh, the spirit works in them and, and God uses those people. But, but to come back to the purpose of why there are some set aside for that reason is to equip to equip the church, the believers, to do the ministry. And and I think that um, one of the weaknesses of the way that the modern church has developed is that we kind of became um, 
a lot more like the corporate world, which is we we created the pastor CEO um, or um, uh, the uh, the pastor expert, um, and we're like, oh, well, the the ministers will do the work. We don't. We'll just you know we'll show up on Sunday. Uh, we'll we'll pay our our money. Uh, uh, wow, pay our money. Eh. <laughs> that might be a little tongue in cheek, um, Freudian slip there. We'll tithe. Um, so that we can be, oh yeah, I, I participate in the ministry because I pay that minister's salary, right? That's like sometimes we have that total, like oh yeah, I'm, I'm that's my ministry as I I provide so the church can pay people to do the ministry. But we have to keep in mind, we have to keep in mind that that as followers of Christ, we're all called to be ministers. Um, we're all called to do ministry, and some people really get a little. Um, uh, crossways about some of that because they are like, whoa, whoa, you, not everybody is a minister. Um, and, and that's fine. If you don't want to say that, you can't say, though, that not everybody is called to do the work of the ministry. Because that's what Ephesians, Paul says it right here in Ephesians 4. He says that, that there are some called to be ministers, to minister to the believers, to shepherd the believers so that they can minister to the world. So they can do the work of the ministry, so they can build up the body of Christ, so they can they can come, um, they can find unity and faith, and they can um, uh, they they can um, bring others to the knowledge of who Jesus is. They like that, that. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have ministry to do. Um, so elsewhere, Paul says this. He says that God has prepared good works for you to do. There's no sitting on the sidelines if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you have been called to do good works. You've been called to to serve. You've been called to do ministry. You're you you are a minister. Maybe not in the formal sense. Maybe not in the vocational sense. But wherever you might be, God says, "Go and do the work of the ministry," and and the work of the ministry is not the lion's share is not done by the vocational ministers. The lion's share of what the vocational ministers are doing is to prepare you to prepare me to prepare the church to go do the body, to go to, to be the body of God of Christ, to go out and do all the work. And, and, and we've got that backwards a little bit as we have, um, as the modern church has developed, because we've said, oh, we've got experts in the ministry and we'll let them do that. And we'll just, we'll just set and observe and we'll, we'll, we'll cheer them on. We'll, we'll give our money. We'll give our, we'll give our support. Um, but we'll let them do the work. We'll let them do the ministry. They're the ones that are experts. They, they have time to read their Bibles and pray and, 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 uh, do all that stuff and go on mission trips and all that. I, I've, I've got my family, I've got my job, I've got it, which are callings in of themselves. But I don't want us to miss this, that um, if you are a follower of Christ, I'm, I'll say this like 80 million times probably in this podcast, but if you're a follower of Christ, then there are good works that he's prepared for you to do. There is ministry he's prepared for you to do. And and it'll look different for everybody, and that's amazingly awesome because God knows that we're not the same. God knows that we are not all going to, like we can't all be, that's why Paul, you know, he tells the Corinthians, he's like, 
you can't all be the eye. You can't, and and it would be foolish for the eye to be like, hey, I'm an eye, but I'm also going to do the hands job. Or the hand to say, oh, I'm, I'm a hand, but I'm going to do the foot's job. Or the mouth to say, I'm the mouth, but I'm going to do uh, the nose's job. Like, it, it's like, no, you, you all have these unique giftings, these unique callings that you have that you are called to live out. Because God is so good and so great. He is, he's like, I've got, I've got something for uniquely you. The way that I made you, the things that you like, the things that bring you joy, the things that you know, the talents that you have, I have something for you to serve me using all those things. Um, and and the, the work of, of pastors and ministers is to prepare and to encourage and to shepherd you into that. If you're a follower of Christ, you have a ministry, you have a calling. It may not be vocational, um, but, but you have it. And, 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 and that is the, um, well, well, we'll get into this in a moment too, but um, I'll come back to this. We'll see if I do. I always say I'll come back to something. I think I just always forget, but that is like, like this, like when Jesus tells the parable of the talents, he's, Jesus is talking about the idea that whatever you have, maybe you don't have um, a ton of skills or experience. Maybe you don't have, um, you know, book learning and, and maybe it's hard for you to, to read and memorize the Bible. Uh, maybe you just don't feel like you're able to teach people or influence people. That's fine. You, you don't have to do those things. Um, you should still read the Bible, and memorize it. But but those those are not those are not your main callings. Um, maybe you're just called to pray for people. Maybe you're called to to be a hospitality. Like you're, you're called to cook for people and invite people into your home and to love on people. And and regardless of where you're at, whatever you where whatever you've got going on as far as your skills or your work or whatever, wherever you might be, you're called to be that minister, that person, that salt, that light to the people around you. So, so your ministry is right where you are, and you don't have to be formally trained, and you don't have to be um, formally like like an apostle or a, a prophet or a, a teacher or a pastor. You don't have to be any of those things. Um, one one of the things that we just uh, we talked about Wednesday night. Um, love this uh, for the youth group that uh, that I'm helping out with, um, and and uh, leading a small group with uh, underneath uh, my friend Aaron, and and, and uh, we talked about like how powerful it is for you your story for your friends, how powerful it is. And especially talking about youth, especially about kids, kids who are standing up and going, I'm a follower of Jesus. That's, that's what I do. That's who I am. And, and, um, you know, the, just the power of that, like it's powerful sometimes to see adults too. And, and, and it's encouraging to see that. But when you're, you know, hanging out with your friends and your friends are like, no, I'm, I'm down with Jesus. That's what I'm doing. Like that, there's, there's a power in that, that adults can't hope to match. They can't hope to have that kind of influence that you have just by the fact that you are their age, that you are in their social group, that you like, like that's, and so wherever you might be, like, this is an amazing thing. Like, the, the Great Commission, at the end of Matthew, when Jesus, Jesus before Jesus ascends back into heaven, he kind of gives the last instructions, right? And, and he tells, this is what he tells the disciples. He's like, here's, here's what you do as you go. Wherever you might be, 
whether it be Jerusalem or Samaria or to the very ends of the earth, as you go, do this. Teach people about my, teach people and baptize them, teach them about Jesus, teach them about the truth, teach them about how to love God and love others and, and teach them how to be followers and teach them all those things as you go. And, and, and that's, that's the, that's the wonderful, um, amazing, mysterious, frustrating part about what God does is like, God puts you in places, um, sometimes just so that you'll be the salt and light that, that, that the people around you need that encouragement, that, that pointing back to God, like God puts you in those places and you may be like, God, it's hard where I'm at. God, it's difficult. God, I don't like it here. God, I don't have, I feel like I don't have friends. I feel like I don't have, I'm not, I'm not making a difference. And God says, just, just be the salt and light. I put you there for such a time as this, you know, to, to quote the Esther, um, story, like you, you just can't know, um, what God's doing. You just can't know what God's doing um, when 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 you're only when you're always like God. I don't like this. I'm not here. I don't like. I don't. But he's like, are you there? Then you have good works to do. Are you a follower of Christ? Then you have ministry to participate in. Some of you may be called to be vocational ministers, but the, the vast majority are more likely to be called to be followers and disciples of Christ. I love, um, so two things. I told you I'd get back to this. I, I didn't lie this time. I am getting back to this. There are seasons of rest and recovery and seasons where we, we, do great, we, we are called to do great works. Um, and, and it's good. It's okay to realize what season you're in because knowing God is not the same thing as doing work for God. Knowing God is not the same thing as serving God. Knowing God, being being known and being known by God is not the same thing as doing work for God. And and sometimes we get that backwards. Sometimes we're like, if I want to get closer to God, that means I got to go sign up for 80,000 volunteer opportunities at my church. I, I got to be feeding the homeless every day. I've got to, um, yeah, it might be your calling to do some of that stuff, but, but only if it comes out of a relationship with God and you can't replace doing with being, uh, God, um, there's, there's this, um, it, it's actually, it's actually this, um, struggle that the Pharisees have, um, they they learn all the rules they learn how to make sacrifices and yet their hearts are far from god like they they know all the rules to follow they know all the rules they they made up the best rules they know the sacrifices to make and they bring the sacrifices and then they bring the sacrifices and they're like god why are you so far away and he's like your heart isn't in it you're just doing a ritual. You're just doing what you think would you you should do because you're afraid of the consequences. You're not doing it because you want to be in a relationship. You're doing it because you're hoping to to settle the score in such a way that you are in control. Um, and so that that's the that is a problem. Like Jesus is like, what's what's better, obedience or sacrifices? 
That's and that's an, that's quoting from the Old Testament, right? Because the Old Testament is it gets to this gets to this place where it's like, yes, you made the right sacrifices, but your heart wasn't in it, and you weren't you weren't you had no intention of being obedient. Your heart was far from me. There is seasons that we go through where we need to rest and not do. Um, so you have work to do. Um, God's put good works before you, but sometimes you need to rest and recover and prepare so you can do those works. Jesus did this constantly. He would go get by himself, pray all night long so that he could do the work that God had prepared for him. Sometimes our, our work is getting to that place that we're ready to serve God again, to go back out, that, that we've emptied ourselves and we need to be filled back up. In a regular season, hopefully that's happening uh, on a regular basis. Like you are pouring out and getting refilled. You're pouring out and God's overflowing in you. You're pouring out into other people and God is overflowing into you. But sometimes you just go through a season where it's dry and, and you've, you've poured out everything you have and you have nothing left. And, and those are the seasons where you should come back and rest, be refilled, be renewed, be refreshed for a season, <laughs> not for the rest of your life, but to know that you're like, Jesus, God, I'm coming back so that I can go out again. I'm coming back to rest in you so that I am able to be effective when I go out into the world again. And so we need to, we need to realize that there is like, um, some people are addicted to doing, some people are, um, convinced the more they do, the, the, the more that God has to bless them. Um, and that's just not how it works. Like God has things set aside. He has things, but, but more than anything else in the whole wide world, God wants your heart. And, and when he has that, um, serving him is a joy and serving him is, is your response. Um, so that's that's the first thing, and and the second thing is, um, sometimes we hesitate because we feel like we're a either not good enough, um, not not knowledgeable enough, not prepared enough, not trained enough, maybe, um, and, and and there may be some truth to that. If like you want to jump up and be a pastor and like teach, and um, that may not be if you if you're feeling those things, you're feeling inadequate. That might not be your calling. Um, you. But the truth is, as of someone who has stood in front of people and preached sermons, and um, you guys listen to my podcast now for a whole year um, and more, uh, it's sometimes you feel just inadequate. You just don't feel like you did. You're able to do um, a good enough job, and and um, so so finding some differences in that, you know, finding. But a lot of that's just done by prayer. Uh, that's just like finding, getting in God's, getting, getting into intimacy and connection with God. Um, that's our calling. Like we are called, so we are called inward to know, to know God. And then we're called outward to make him known. We're called to love God with everything we have. And then we're called to love others as we love ourselves. Like love God, love others. Like that, that's the, the, the two 
greatest commandments, love God first with all your heart, mind, strength, and soul, and then love others. Those are the two things that God, that Jesus like, yeah, if you can do those things, you will fulfill the law. You'll take care of all those, because if you're loving God with everything you have, if you're wholly devoted to God, then you will be um, following, the, you will be listening and following, and, and then if you love others, then you will be living in such a way that it will, um, it'll, it'll have the same um, rhythm as the law. Uh, and, and so we're called to do that. Um, so if you're not doing anything and you are a follower of Jesus and, and you are in a season of rest and recovery, um, then here's your call. Here's your challenge. You are called to do ministry. Um, it may not look like uh, what a pastor's ministry looks like. It may not look like what a teacher's ministry looks like. It may not look like a prophet or apostle. But you are called to do ministry. To some, he's given gifts specifically for what we call offices or, or, or positions within the church. But he's given gifts to all. If you are a follower of Jesus, you received gifts to glorify God and to edify the saints. Edify, I mean, just build up, support. If you have accepted Jesus, then you have gifts. And so getting back to the, the story of the talents, um, Jesus tells this parable, right? He's like, you know, there is this guy who has three talents. He goes and invests it um, and doubles his, his, his investment. He's got two, and these are money and not actual talents. But anyway, he's, another guy has two talents. He goes and he doubles that. And so he's got twice as much when the master returns. And then there was one guy who was like, I... I was afraid because you are so demanding as a master, um, which is a which is a fun kind of twist on the story that we're not going to get into. Um, but just these, I was afraid, so I buried my talents in the ground. And so when you came back, all he had was what he had been given, nothing more. And and the master was like, "Well, if you would just put if you'd have just put it on in the bank, and at least you could have interest. Like you, like like don't." Don't waste the gifts and talents that God has given you. Um, find where you fit. Find where God's calling you to do your work. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you have received gifts and talents, experiences, desires, things that you love, passions to serve him. Like he's given you those because he's ready. And wherever you might be, you don't necessarily have to go to Africa. Maybe you're being called to go to Africa. Cool. Do it. But we are all called to serve. Some, some are called to serve vocationally in ministry, but all have callings. All have been called. All, all have ministry to do. Whether you call yourself a minister or not, if you're a follower of Christ, then you have good works prepared for you. You have ministry to do because it's the church's job to tell people, to love people to be that change agent in culture, to be that the, the representation, the salt and light, the city on a hill, your good work shining before men. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you haven't been given a pass to do nothing. Instead, wherever you might be, God has placed you there and he has opportunities for, for you to serve him with your gifts, unique gifts, talents, aptitudes, skills, experiences, knowledge, emotions, all those things that are uniquely you, God has something for you. 
So that's the challenge this week. What is it that God has for you and what are you doing? How are you participating? Um, one of the things that I, I, I referenced earlier and I didn't really flesh it out is one of the things I'm learning is how to be a good church church um, member. Uh, all these years I've been a, uh, I've been on staff and vocationally called and, and it's just different, right? It's just not the same. And that's one of the things I've been living out over the last year is how do I be the kind of church um, member uh, follower of Jesus that I would want if I was the pastor of a church, if I was the youth minister, what would I want? And, and how do I do that? And how do I live that out? Um, how do I use the gifts and talents I have? One of them, one of the ways is this podcast. It's one of my creative ways to use my, my talents and skills. And I'm thankful for any that would listen to this. Um, but what is God calling you to do? Where is he calling you? Where has he placed you? And what has he given you to do all the ministry with your talents, your gifts, your heart. So pray that this week, God, what do you, what do you got for me? What do you want me to do? I want to be, I know I'm part of the sum that I've been called. Maybe not to be an apostle or a pastor or a teacher, but I've been called and I'm part of your followers, part of your body. God, what is it that you want me to do this week? Thank you guys for listening. Uh, always again, humble that you would, would listen. If you, um, have any insights that come from this or, or I hope you just get, a, I hope you're encouraged. Um, but, um, would love to hear if you have, uh, you know, any, any revelations that come after just listening to these things. Again, you can always find me on Facebook forward slash the unbroken ground or email me at the unbroken ground at gmail.com. Would love to hear any stories you have, but thanks for listening. Hope you have a wonderful week and hopefully, uh, we'll catch you back again, uh, on the flags. And uh, may God bless you and reveal to you what he has for you to do. To, to serve him, not, not because serving him brings you your salvation or earns your salvation, but because, our, because we have been saved, our response is to live for him. Uh, may you live that out this week. Mm-hmm.